Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You're now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Hallelujah. Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh my God. Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Alon. I'm Allison. I'm the third one. And I'm <laughs> very cold too. It's it's pretty cold out there. I uh, like running in this weather though. I gotta be honest. Do you though? Yeah, I do. My favorite weather to run in is 46 degrees, but I'll take a 24. Uh, I will only run away from something or after something. <laughs> I commend anybody who could run in this type of weather, honestly. Better to run in this weather, likely, than you uh, would have the choice to be running in more sweltering weather. I oh, would, yeah. No. I, I'm not built for summer. I'm built for winter, unfortunately. I don't think that's unfortunate. You, that? you see this? <laughs> you, don't, okay. you don't see it. Those, radio of you at, those of you at home, look up a picture of Robin Williams without, without a shirt on. Oh, <laughs> rest in peace to the God. Exactly. Praise, oh, son. Praise. Man. But yeah, you were definitely coded. I'm coded like a woolly mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> don't just judge a woolly mammoth and say, we don't know that they sound like elephants. They're going to sound like <laughs> It could just be like, it could be like, Hey, fuck you. That could be how it sounds. You don't know. We don't really know. We, we They're frozen. Have, there yeah. was a nice age. We have to rewrite history. It's our right job now. right that's now. Did that Willie Mammoth just curse me out? Hey, totally. You know, it's, it's ancient Brooklyn. And that saber-toothed tiger is totally sexually harassing you. Oh, oh my God. Those teeth? Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't trust it. Hey, put guys. The, put those back in your mouth. <laughs> put those teeth back in your mouth and... Uh, Take those bitcoins out for a good purpose, uh, since they're clearly not doing anything other than just sitting around and collecting interest, right? Yeah, give them to us. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash LAR if you want to give those bitcoins directly to our program. Yeah. The first method goes to the community as a whole. Your contributions are tax deductible. And then just as well for the second link for our direct sponsorship, you're sponsoring us. You're giving us your hard-earned money and giving us love, showing your love to us. Making this Ooh, all possible. Oh, whoa. Let's get serious, guys. <laughs> this will be the only time I ever say this in the show, and that's why I'm saying it in a voice. That's the sensual corner right there. Sensual. <laughs> sensual corner. The sensual, sensual corner. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, if you want to keep the sensuality going, again, this is not free. We got no commercials. There's nobody trying to hop about eating the Snickers over here, even though they are delicious oh, and the world's Snickers. favorite candy bar. <laughs> but again, you can get tote bags Snickers. and you can feel good about yourself in, in this new year. Yeah. Yeah. Snacks. As, as we do every uh, Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m., we're all about the mental snackery. Yeah, and exactly. If you've got any of that snackery, too, you can send it to us via the webs. Email us, lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. What and, if they want to send us actual snack? Well, they can do that, but uh, they'll have to come in person at some point with when any one of the major events that uh, Radio Free Brooklyn has gone if on. You, if you want to give us food, Please be gluten-free. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Don't make that face. 
I don't want to have a, a, a don't a, be a, gluten, a hurt tum and you know the toots. You don't, know, don't be Vladimir gluten. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> Did you just write that, or is that a thing? Because if you didn't, comic genius. <laughs> Let's begin. I've been meaning to play this clip for a long time, and I think the original time that the clip was meant to be played was when our friend Doug Johnson was producing, and when I played the clip for him, it was met with immediate disgust, which was fair, because a lot of these clips are so embarrassing that even I, as of you know, 20 years past the time that these clips were made, I am still kind of disgusted by them in a little bit of a ways. But as we do sometimes here on Lost Rewound... The Danziger's own archives do come out, and oh, they do uh, bring out some unpredictable feelings. Skeletons. 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 I've got the skeletons in the closet, you know? So for our first audio exhibit, I bring you exhibit A. of the mind and that you heard right there was colored people i don't have any problem with colored people in fact i think everyone's all the same yeah i know you're thinking you're thinking i'm lying yeah well i'll tell you the truth i'm not lying colored people come in many different colors remember it don't matter if you're black or white or purple or blue or green or with stripes or polka dots or beige or argyle socks with purple cheeks and uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm saying but my point is that that's what it is that's the point color people are uh, the same right <laughs> as us as everyone else you know like well uh I have to think of what I just said <laughs> see ya oh lord ha <laughs> <laughs> Man, the, the 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 problems that people with argyle socks have had to go through in this country are insane. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I am a white dude who wears argyle socks, so I really can't talk. I, I'm at a very uh, affluent place in my life, so dude, uh, I'm saying, yeah, this is like okay, that's you're right. But you know, I, you're, but I'm, I'm wrong. Do, I'm wrong. You're right. I like argyle socks because the design is very nifty. <laughs> You definitely just confirmed that you're a white person. Yeah. <laughs> right if there was like a test you needed to do, uh, nifty would be the perfect way to, to blend <laughs> into the crowd. Nifty and thrifty. Nifty and keen. Sure. Things things are keen. Thoughts on misinterpreting lyrics terribly. I think that should be like a PSA for <laughs> this just in itself. You right? really took a lot from that, from that song. and they, I don't think that they <laughs> knew what they were going to be spawning in a child's mind. Right. 
I was a fan of the local radio station, WDST, 100.1 FM. On my radio dial was where I went for all of the, more or less, the current rock canon. And there's other stuff in between. I guess it technically counts as adult adult, uh, adult alternative, if that even is a terminology that still exists in the world of music. But that said, Pulp was a big band, and they had that smash hit, uh, Different Class, in the mid-90s. I l- when you say adult alternative i feel like wallflowers i feel like it's like the wallflowers like porn set to the strokes the only something. difference that i see <laughs> is you are exactly the same as you used to be <laughs> that's like the quintessential adult alternative song right okay there. I don't know, or like Peter Gabriel. They they, they play a lot of stuff because yeah, like, they've yeah, been yeah. around. I used to listen to all the Peter, Peter Gabriel. I used to listen to Peter Gabriel when I was a kid. In a long time. Really? I used to like that Sledgehammer, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sledgehammer. So it's funny. My, my connection with DST, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. My parents, when they moved to Woodstock, they lived in the house that would eventually become the building that was the radio station in Woodstock. They are oh, cool. now at a different location farther out towards uh, Bearsville. This is, again, kind of more, like, centric to the 845 area code. But my parents made friends with their landlords, and to this day, uh, can, can call the Gilmans their longtime friends. They were the original uh, investors and owners of the radio station that gave my parents a place to live. And then when they kicked them out, they uh, made that place into the radio station that I grew up in. Your, your deep radio roots, man. You're not wrong. Uh, I mean, I don't know uh, to what level I was really into it until I was, like, what? Listening to music. Like, what? when did you guys even start listening to music? I started listening to music oh, when I was, man. like, 11. Officially oh. started listening to music? Does that mean that, like, the first time you bought an album and you were listening to your own music? We've or? talked about, like, your first shows, etc., but your dad was clearly somebody who dug music, so you yeah, were I listened listening to, to I listened it a lot. To, I listened to my dad's music until I was, like, 11. Okay. And then I finally started listening to my own music. And you, so. Allison? I mean, like, probably, like, 10 was like my own music i would say essentially did you guys have lists that you created of albums that you wanted to buy or like songs that you wanted to buy on a single or something at that point i got napster so i didn't have to worry about true that's true right around that time i got napster Um, i I appeal to you allison you're a little bit older so maybe perhaps you were of the generation where actually buying music you Cheap motherfucker. Whoa, uh, uh, still uh, relevant. He's calling me out. Who are you, Lars? Get out of here, bro. <laughs> Get out of here. Dead, bro. Get out of here. No. Um, I was LimeWire, lady. You were? Yeah, I used wow. LimeWire, oh, okay. too. And then I'm, I also had a downloaded, uh, what was the Japanese site where you could do like a penny a song? What? Or a penny for an album. Yeah. I paid for a lot of it because I bought a lot of my CDs, but anything I downloaded that I would start putting on that MP3, which is probably a little bit later, what, like 14, 15? Mm-hmm. Uh, was all through this Japanese website. It would cost a dollar for me to have like five albums or something. Crazy. That's awesome. I would love I to know remember. what the name of that is. I'll try and remember. I'll try and find it. I never bought the Different Class album. Um, or I did, actually. I'm sorry. I did. I ended up buying the Different Class album later on in life. But uh, at that time, I had only just been aware of what this was. And clearly, in the interest of time, listening to this song from the radio, I didn't even think one minute i just sort of went off the dome and said what i thought i heard <laughs> which was entirely and, but you know you had a very progressive view on it oh yeah no for sure and then i started uh riffing off the michael jackson song and i feel like that 
was somewhere in the canon of like something I'd seen on TV. And someone was like, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or green or purple or polka dotted or something. That was actually from something. I should have looked that up before we went to air, but I don't even know how you would look that up. That was definitely... Probably just Google, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You can Google literally anything. At any rate. This is how I fact check my world. (laughs) With the Elfonia. Wait a second. Please do this research. Progressive, but at the same time, I feel like at that moment when I was riffing, I realized that I was totally not saying something that was appropriate. And then I, over time, as I come back to it, I think actually when I first heard this, incidentally, I might have been in very close quarters, silent, just listening to these tapes, trying to get some introspective audio. And then that one comes on. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm just a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's so funny, because you didn't mention that. uh, Did you mention earlier that Doug had heard this before or something? Yeah. He is very good at giving shameful looks. (laughs) Yeah, he's a shameful guy. <laughs> for for those of you on the on the ra- you know on the radio, they can't see him when he used to be uh, you know our, our esteemed producer back in the days. But he would be just like, oh Alon, <laughs> just like all the time. So it's, it's not cool. <laughs> it's just not cool. <laughs> like, Too it's, funny, it's, it's, it's it's fucking crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, I definitely remember saying stuff. Back in the day, that it was super embarrassing. Yeah, but was there ever a thing that you said that someone actually called you and said, "Whoa, Jimmy, you can't, you can't say that." Say that. <laughs> yes, and I don't know what it is, but I've I, and I and I took it out of my thing with my comedy. In my comedy, I do a lot of impressions, and there's one impression that people always get offended at, and I don't know why because I ham up all my impressions. But if I ever do an impression of anyone Asian, they're like, that is you. That is. Whoa, dude. Like, you, whoa, whoa, stop. <laughs> I've had people come like really offended on all my accents are based on like being over the top and ridiculous and using stereotypes. Like that's what makes the accent like the joke, you know, that is funny. I, the one that's thing... the one people are like, what are you doing, dude? Oh, my. Like, are you are you kidding me right now? Like, it's like that's like in comedy. The one like in sketch comedy, especially the one thing that never, ever lands is the Holocaust. And it's like I mean, like I wonder why. On, like, but oh we can, but we can talk about like the one joke. <laughs> <laughs> why though? I if, mean, if if you think they fused together the aristocrats and the Holocaust, would it be somewhat? Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, wait, let's let's We've not let's so not tell ways. the aristocrats on the air. Let's not do that joke. No, but my point is just that like there's. I mean, I actually I must admit I haven't seen the entirety of the movie, but uh, I imagine that if you incorporated that with even the most uh, audacious and most taboo of all uh, jokes to tell, I imagine it would cancel itself out, wouldn't it? I mean, I would. Ho- I mean, I gotta find a way one day. Well, I'm not the comic what, in the room here, so clearly you guys have expertise. It's like this, this. you know. There's there's ways to do Holocaust jokes, I suppose. But, no, but every once in a while, like chuckle, a chuckle, but like for ten years, especially for like five years, you're making some serious attempts, especially with fuck. We've tried many attempts. Every time there's a go. Oh, but you're doing improv, so you're like actually. It's do- not improv; it's sketch comedy. Oh, sketch comedy, but but that means that you're like acting it out more than like just illustrating it with a joke. You're like okay, and like, are you like, like yeah. doing a scene? Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> but like, that's a little, that's a little bit rough. I still don't, but we can do. I mean, there is there. Cause we touch many. I, I talk subjects. about the like the I, the only Holocaust joke that I have in in my stand up is that when I went to Japan, there's a lot of swastikas everywhere because it's this Buddhist symbol. Yeah, 
So you see it on all these temples. And it was like, every time I'd see it, I was like, Ugh! and it, like, it would be like paying me to see it. And I like, there, there was merchandise I was buying that had it on it yeah. because it was just like this Japanese stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I have stuff. So I was like, you know, so I remember that we, we wanted to go to as many temples as we could while we were there. They were so beautiful. And some of these were really ancient. We were in Kyoto. And these temples are so old that they don't allow you to bring uh, light into them. And they have these like huge wooden doors and you can't take pictures or anything like that. And they just have candles on the inside. So she's these old wooden statues. And it was awesome. But they would have these double doors with swastikas on them. And they'd have people holding onto the doors. And then as soon as you got in, they would slam the door shut behind you. <laughs> and like, yeah. And I like me and my dad I was with. And we, we definitely walked in. And I, and I looked at him at one point and I said, Dad. This better not be a gas chamber. <laughs> or or uh, the, the, the chance that you and your dad have become the enlightened ones or something. Like, you've you know. been come here for a reason, Hoffman and Hoffman Jr. I do have Holocaust nightmares a lot. We, we, we've talked about that. That before. take place in Prospect really? Park. But, oh, I forgot that they took place in Prospect Pros- Park. Well, of course, this is where I why grew up. N- why pro- okay, I, was and I, can, I can tell you, it's so funny is that for Central anyone who's been to Prospect Park, I can illustrate this. So you have to imagine it's uh, Schindler's List and Star Wars put together in modern day. <laughs> That's sort wow. of what it's Yo. like because I'm at the band shell by 9th Street. And they're showing us propaganda films. Okay. And it's not just Jewish people. It's anyone that's like other. So there's like, there's Asian people and there's black well, people. Well, it wasn't and, just Jewish people then. Uh, true enough. But, true enough. Can, anyway. But they were like the, uh, you know, they were the creme. They were the majority. <laughs> and um, so, and then I escape somehow. And I'm, I go up to like the wall. You know, those little walls on the side of Prospect Park. They have these like little, those little baby walls you can get over. But the wall is gigantic. And yeah. I have to scale the wall. And I scale the wall. And when I get to the top of the wall, it looks like a cloud city. Like it's just where basically the park is raised into the sky. And then I have to jump off. And I guess sort of iRobot style. And I do this probably a thousand times the exact same dream. And I have to stick my hand into the thing and like spark shoot out. And then I get to the thing and just like Obi-Wan, I go, woo! And I power down the field generators and everyone else escapes. And I save everybody. And then I, I have to fall off because I'm like hanging in the middle of the sky. So I have to kill myself after I do that. Oh, do you ever see yourself die? Uh, no, I wake up always before. Yeah. Always before. How yeah. is it? But you know, it's, you know, this, you guys should thank me. I'm saving you from some weird holocaust. How do I know? Every I'm your night. Am, but am I, in, maybe, maybe I'm not there. Maybe in this dream, I'm living in Austria. Maybe I'm vacationing. Maybe I'm in Mexico. Who knows? So I'm on my honeymoon. So you're saying that if I don't specifically save you in this Holocaust, that you don't care? Oh, I have no, I have no <laughs> Maybe investment. she's locked up in that temple. <laughs> you're like, I don't, you know, this is, this is a, what have you done, Johnny? What have you done for me lately? So I am Jewish, Jimmy. <laughs> and for yourself. <laughs> One thing I wanted to come back to with the original clip uh, that we're sort of glazing over is mishearing lyrics. Can you guys remember any songs that you listened to and had the lyrics wrong for years until someone finally yes. touched you on your shoulder and said, no? Yes. Okay. <laughs> any any the el- opening, But I was old when it happened, like right. older. Now, that's fair. It was the intro song to Dawson's Creek. Wait, you mean Paula Coles? Yes. I, I don't, don't want to wait. <laughs> I literally thought for years it was Anna Wanna Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's it. That's. A, that's I don't want to wait. And so now I always sing that all the time as a joke. That's funny. I definitely want I definitely know that I don't know, or for like so many years, I didn't know the words to Elton John songs, and I liked Elton John songs, and I would just be like, and I would just do that for a long time. And there's other other bands. Oh, Meatloaf too. I just go, oh, and I don't know the words, and I just make noises. I grunt, gruntle noises that sort of sound like what he's saying. 
there are <laughs> singers back in the days who, uh, when we were growing up, that had that sort of way of singing lyrics that were meant to not really be decipherable. I think we've talked about this a number of times on the show. The Cocteau Twins uh, are, you know, what's, what's her name? Liz Frazier isn't even actually, yeah, Ryan Smith and then Amber Dre actually both mentioned how she's not even actually saying lyrics at all. It's in fact meant to be like some uh, made-up garbled language. But that said, even like Billy Corgan or Michael Stipe, there are songs that you can legitimately not recognize what they're saying. And that's the point, is that they're supposed to be cryptic and they're supposed to be um, more or less interpreted. And also, when you were buying music, because some of us did buy music physical music i bought but you like had the, five cds the lyrics life. okay they're I'm, all, saying, they're I'm, all bad. I'm saying i'm saying so allison you can back me up here you have the jewel cases you actually have the physical copy you've got yeah, the, the I booklets love that. you're looking at the lyrics you don't have the internet to help you and you get these booklets and what there are no lyrics in there oh i used to be mad if there was no lyrics yeah. i do remember that i do remember that and I mean, at least with Smashing Pumpkins, uh, I know Melancholy, they definitely had lyrics, but R.E.M. never would put lyrics in. And so it would make it so difficult to even be able to understand what he was saying half the time. Um, so it left for interpretation. Did you ever have an instance where you had heard something and a friend of yours had heard it differently and then you made a bet to see what it actually was? Oh, sure. I don't remember what it was offhand, but I think Brooks and I had our fair share of bets about <laughs> what... Uh, I used to have that habit all the time with me and Zach Poots, one of yeah, our yeah, former yeah, guests. Yeah. And for some reason, I would always win and he would always lose. And every time I'd heard it right. And my favorite one, he flipped out about it. It was from a movie. It wasn't from a song. But if you've ever seen the movie Underworld, and the movie Underworld, which is that movie with the vampires yeah. and the werewolves fighting each other, uh, there's this part where the werewolves who are being hunted by the vampires, they're like in a subway station and then the vampires are coming and one of the werewolves is like a warning the other ones and he goes bloods because they call them bloods because they suck blood right and my buddy thought he just went (laughs) (laughs) so i was like i was like dude you legit think he just he just bellowed so they would run away that doesn't make any sense (laughs) and just like all right go (laughs) like doesn't make any sense dude and he was like no no he definitely just went and we went and, and watched it again um, which we didn't want to because it's underworld. <laughs> we watched it again with the subtitles and it said Bloods. And he got so pissed off, he stormed out of the room. He like flipped the table. <laughs> it was it was it was pretty glorious. You gotta be careful though about the subtitles because especially if you were watching a program that may, God forbid, have some colorful language on a channel that doesn't normally allow for such language to be uttered. They're not gonna bleep it, or maybe they will, but they'll replace it in the subtitles with other words that are less incendiary, which I I can't think of any examples, but I almost want to say that it's entirely possible if you are like watching Schindler's List in prime time or something, they'll probably bleep out or, you know, uh, something. Well, did you ever see, did you ever see the, uh, the edit on YouTube of uh, the TV version of Goodfellas? And it's like three minutes long. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's a scene, and they're like, "Hey, they're like eating at dinner, you know." And they're like, hey, "This is beautiful Boston." <laughs> and the scene of him driving for a moment. <laughs> On the real, that might be one of the first movies of the rated R variety that I ever saw, and I was six years old. Wow, that is not a movie you should see when you're six years no old. Way. It's so good. It's Wait, so how old good, are you in this raw. clip, though? That really. Oh, well, I was like good. eleven. I have no excuse. Maybe twelve. Eleven. The first time I saw The Godfather, I was like 16. Mm. And then I was just like, what have I been wasting my life doing? Jeez. Yeah. Need to get in the mafia. I just like this clip because it's like an 11-year-old that's like, what's the big deal with race? Yeah. 
What's the deal with colored people? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this next clip is definitely going to need some context, but I'm going to play the clip first, and it involves a colorful candy that we, as children, used to enjoy. Play it. We can't do the Gusher Jeopardy thing anymore. Uh, we can't do it because my dad will kick my ass if I do. I have to pay for it. So you'll be here. So simply put, I think the story behind this, if I remember correctly, was that when we're growing up, we get our lunches made for us to bring to school. Not the bag lunch, per se. I think I had a Batman lunchbox in sixth grade. And in my Batman lunchbox would be a sandwich, maybe like a Capri Sun, if I remember correctly. Although that might have been summer. Maybe a like a can of ginger ale or something. And, um, you know, there'll be some snacks in there. And the Gushers... Gushers were huge for me back then. I don't know what it was. It was like, gushers are the best. Well, it's like Teddy Grahams. Yeah, Gushers, gushers were amazing. Um, fruit roll-ups were dunkaroos. big. Dunkaroos. I love Dun- Dunkaroos. You, you don't just eat. You Dunkaroos. <sighs> yeah. But Gushers was like when you had or someone had Gushers. Do you remember when uh, a kid had candy? The kid's like stock rose. Like everybody wanted to be that kid's friend immediately. And, and he was just cooler than everyone for that moment that he had candy. And just Plus, for that moment. And it was because of this that I gained a little bit of notoriety because I was the, the kid, kid that with had, the gushers. Yeah, man. That's like a big, you know what it is? It's the same reason that rich people now get notoriety. They're like, you see this guy with this, that type of whip? We're the lifestyles of the gushers. <laughs> uh, this gentleman here has been capturing gushes for centuries. From gushes to Bitcoin. <laughs> gushes to Bitcoin. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's yeah, exactly. That's that's your that's the story. So he started yeah, out at a young age. Yeah. He started getting with fruit roll ups. Gushes, but what he, that was the real money. <laughs> he started his currency with red dye, and yeah. then he made his way on to Godiva chocolates. He's a Rice Krispies treats. <laughs> I don't know where our Robin Leach is from, but it's great. He's like he's he's all over the place. Oh man, um, I don't know where my head was at when I was thinking this was a way to capitalize and make people like me. By taking, and this is like, of course, my other project aside from making a recording series where I stuck a recorder in people's faces. The Gusher Jeopardy, I think, is in reference to using the Gushers as currency. So I would sneak packs of Gushers extra that I'd bring with me into the lunchbox and I'd bring them to school. And during lunch break, I think what would end up happening if I remember correctly, we played a question game, and I don't even think we were doing it like what is the capital of France kind of style in Paris. But um, it's more just the answering questions that are asked, and I, for some reason, called it Jeopardy. And then when you got, you know, answered a question, you would get a gusher. So when my dad found out about this, he got obviously a little bit annoyed that I was basically taking the money that he spent on my lunches and paying off <laughs> love from my fellow students with candy. <laughs> so he was like, if you do that again, I'm going to kick your ass um, to some effect. And I thought that was rather unusual to hear such a threat for something so insignificant. Hey, man, a little bribery, uh, you know, a little bribery goes a long way. Yeah. Especially uh, food bribery. My father told me at a very young age, he goes, bribe people with food and they'll forever be your friends. He, you know what he used to do? He would work at a school. And what he would do is he would come and just bring in food for the secretaries all the time. And he says, if I have the secretaries on my side, I will be 
It's much better than having the principal on your side. Why did he Because the principal will be out in a couple of years, but the secretaries have been there for 40 years, and they do the scheduling, and they can make sure you get the good classrooms, and they can make sure you don't get the bad kids, and they can warn you when the principal's coming, and they can call your room and tell you so that you can like actually pretend you're doing the, the yeah. curriculum. Well, what kind of food usually? <laughs> um, he would bring them everything. Everything? I mean, I'm telling you, he would bring them way more food than I ever had as a kid. It was amazing, and but it, they loved him. Jimmy and they starved. His dad, his dad <laughs> the secretary. Well, I didn't eat much anyway. This is this is this is the tale of the tape. And now me. here we are. But it was, um, you know, he he just always told me. He said you got to find out who are the people in charge of everything. It's not the head, but it's the people who actually run stuff and pleasing them. And then again, he said, food will always bring you back. It may not seem like a lot, but there's something about it that that's really all people really need. Oh life. yeah, I remember well, because not- it's what we actually really do need. Well, yes. Did you have a similar experience as well, Allison? Oh, no, I didn't have any friends for a really long time. <laughs> what? That was so sad. I, I didn't. I was so fat and dyslexic. But um, <laughs> That was so sad, too. <laughs> but I have a lot of friends now. No, well, I, I think it's why I work in restaurants, though. Okay. Like, it's a job that'll, like, forever, forever will be a, back, a okay. back, fallback plan. Then, perfect fallback question. When was your first job at a restaurant and... If that restaurant was a place that people liked, did you gain friends when someone was like, yo, hook me up with some of that food when you get out and work? Oh, I mean, my first restaurant job was Mesa's Crossing in Philadelphia. I was 18. It's actually how I got my first gig working for M. Night because his personal set designer was working. Come again, Mr. Shamalamala. Uh-huh, I worked All on right. the happening. <laughs> But no, I like that was the first time where I was like, whether the economy is thriving or not thriving. This is cool. And now actually it works out because I do bring friends in. That's how I got some gigs at like uh, New York stand up labs and stuff because I gave the guy a burger and he's like, yo, come in like uh, spit some shit on a mic. I'm like, cool. I don't know. Do people really care about money or do they really care more about food? Food. I I think the people don't care about money. They care about what they can get with money. So okay. I think that if, yeah, I think that in, in a way, when you hit them with something that's like a luxury item, they're happier. That's why rich people get swag all the time. Children oh, like yeah. to be fed. They don't like to get paid. They like to be fed so that they don't have to worry it's, about paying you're, for We're removing the middleman. If it's really good food, yeah, that's the deal. You hit somebody with, somebody with bad food, they're not going to be happy by any means. It has to be good. If there's food everywhere, like the party was catered, then people will be... <laughs> Gave me a look. So I just want to make a note that Jimmy just gave me the most like, like his eyes popped well, out of his think skull about for a minute. We do, right? Like it's even what? some gigs that don't pay, well, as yeah. long as it's like okay, give me a meal and two drinks, like I'll come do the gig. Yeah. Exactly. So, Alana, is what you're saying is after the show is the after party, <laughs> <laughs> and after the party is, uh, is the hotel, hotel lobby. lobby. Yeah. <laughs> How did I end up here? <laughs> I love that song. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> but as long as there's food in the hotel lobby, then it's all good. It's all, I mean, it's all copacetic. I'll say it like this. When I was in college, I used to go to a lot of speeches and seminars uh, because I would read the fine print that said what food would be there. And then I would just stack up. And then I wasn't shy about taking the food from the back of these places. You should never be shy. So no. I definitely never had be. a couple times where I was asked to stop. <laughs> <laughs> or like I was taking too much when they said that they'd be like what are you doing I was just like I'm a college student I need this you're gonna throw away whatever doesn't get served today so I, I want so I recently thought about that's not recently it's like a year ago and I was doing a lot of extra work which is the best because you are getting paid most of the time you're not needed on set so you can do other work so you can be making work while you're at work yeah making money 
you're fed three meals, two meals usually. There's snacks to stack up on for the rest of the week. And also I thought of creating the sag bag, which the is a sag bag. Yeah. So it's a lined jacket that's heated. That is for hot foods. <laughs> so like the rest of that ZD you can put <laughs> in your sag bag. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, I, I am that person. Uh, I definitely have seen old men pull food out of their pocket with no wrapper that like shouldn't be in a pocket. Oh yeah. So I think if you had some sort of like Ziploc pockets instead of bringing your Tupperware, you know, because like you can't bring. Soup? I brought Tupperware hey! too. Soup with when a I straw. had no money. When we come back, more from our team here at Lost and Rewound Radio Free Brooklyn. ago we had a guest on one of my friends from growing up kyle bailey who shows up a lot in the danziger zone archives and he was a subscriber to cracked and mad magazines so whenever i would go over to his house and i think even on a day like today the we were recording this i'm almost certain that the power was out or the tv was out maybe i'm thinking of a different time but that definitely did happen on one of these recordings and even so he had video games. He had NBA uh, jams. Oh, NBA Jam. I'm pretty sure it was right. He's on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that game. And that game then, was so good. And if you didn't have power, what were you going to do? You know, you just listen to battery-powered radio, or you could read magazines. Did you so, ever play Looney Tunes B-Ball? Nah. Oh, it, was, it was like it was a spawn right off of NBA Jam, and you could play as Looney Tunes, and they all had their own little like, awesome. techniques, you know? The impetus for this clip is is that uh, we had a segment that Kyle had called KB Magazine. It was just a way to sort of interpolate reading off these excerpts from Cracked or Mad Magazine and make them into his own. There were a lot of big words in this clip, so I did not edit this because he's a very smart man. He was a very smart kid, uh, smarter than I ever was. But at the time that this clip was recorded, I want to say he was about 10 and he's trying to play with some really big words, and I'm not even really very good at guiding him in the background, trying to like correct him. But we made a good go of it, and New Jersey's mentioned a lot, and that's all I'm going to say. Time for KB Magazine. Oh, I am Kyle Billy, and now it is time for a KB Magazine. Okay. We are doing summer camps, camps for kids with unique problems. Okay, I am going to read a little paragraph it has. 
Intense therapy department. It's summertime. Time to get out and enjoy the great outdoors. But let's face it, just the very fact that you read that you read mad intros means you're a troubled individual with a few sh with a few shall we say quirks uh a long word idiosyncrasies or whatever personal idiosyncrasies what i said personal pacadillos pacadillos yes you have special needs needs an ordin needs that an ordinary run of the mill normal camp would never satisfy no you definitely need one of these summer camps for kids with unique problems okay the first is camp damp for chronic bedwetters now there is a picture of a bunk and there is a well, kid. You have, you have to see it. You have to see picture it. of a bunk. There's a kid peeing on another kid. Well, and then he's going through the bed, and another kid has it. The first kid I can see, he'll be saying kids, and he'll be explaining what they what they. Okay, do. now there's a little paragraph that says about it. Serenelli settled on the banks of majestic Whiz River in Pete, New Jersey. Camp Damp encourages boys and girls of all ages to get in touch with themselves and confront their problem amethyst babbling brooks flowering rivers and trickling streams enroll early as camp fills up quickly now our next camp is camp liability for accident prone children now just a stone's throw away from New Jersey's finest trauma center camp liability is a hotbed for those youngsters who seem destined to break a leg, maim a pet, a pet, disfigure a playmate, or somehow responsible for the death of an entire camp's population. New this year, hay rides in an ambulance. Okay, next camp, Camblada Ooze for boys and girls with sensitive skin. Part time in the tree lined hills of Wawa, New Jersey, Camp Lada 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 Ooze caters to special needs of youngsters afflicted with zits, assorted blackheads, whiteheads, and unsighted facial boils, sores, hives, and fissures. A courteous staff administers midnight hot, cold, and warm compresses. Camp Mano Mano for child children. Children of all ages. Set beautifully in the idyllic countryside of idyllic country of idyllic countryside, New Jersey. Camp Mano Mano is the perfect spot for lethargic teenagers with low grade fever and swollen glands. With over 30 fun activities to not take part in, it's the choice place to sleep the summer away. Camp Dork for super nerds. Sleepily suited in reclaimed swamplands, just minutes from the charming old factory section of Bayonne, New Jersey. Camp Dork is a favorite gathering spot of socially challenged. If you're a dork, doofus, butthead, or anything you like, you can come to this camp. Be careful. Okay. 
general population and strict observation of the 6 p.m. lights out curfew. Okay, Camp Hostility, for me, Spirited Teens. Located in the pastoral grasslands of Wampuseldorf, New Jersey, Camp Hostility, owned and operated by recently paroled felons, boasts world-class facilities and the teaching of revenge, senseless senseless and brutal physic, physical revelation, sore losing and unsporting manlike conduct, a midsummer visit by Charles Barkley has been scheduled. Okay, our next camp is Camp Benadryl for kids with severe allergies. Nestled in the buckalick fields of woodlands of and woodlands of Prozac Pines, New Jersey, Camp Benadryl offers a varied selection of fun activities for boys, girls, for boys and girls, allergies to pollen, ragweed, grass, mosquitoes, bees, deer flies, or just being outdoors. The camp's mess tent is located in the Hermetio sealed bubble. Okay, our next camp is our last camp, our last camp is Camp Halstern for girls and vulgar youths. Youths. Tucked neatly in the rolling plains of Roadkill, New Jersey, Camp Houston provides a supervisor-free atmosphere. atmosphere. I know. Ideal for tasteless, practical jokes, obsessing over sex, and shameless displays of exhibit, 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 exhibitionism. Exhibitionism. Yeah, exhibitionism. Yeah, right. Whatever. July 4th is Lesbian Parent Weekend. Visitation may also be arranged on a pay-per-view basis. Camp. Damn. It's my jam. This kid's peeing on the other kid. You don't need to explain the pictures. But the kid's peeing on the other kid. Oh, man, dude. I, I definitely used to read Mad. I didn't read Cracked. It was like the Coke and Pepsi of... Goofy, <laughs> right. you know, kids' magazines. Many people might remember that. Well, yeah, I mean, Mad and Crack definitely had that had a very similar um, audiences that they were going for. Cracked has a, kind of become a website with really amazing lists in the, the most recent years. Uh, I really dig their list. It's very well written. They found a, a way to navigate through the world of uh, social media. More importantly, though, what is Mad doing? And did you see differences back then? Oh well, Mad did Mad TV. Right, 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 right. No, okay. Yeah, that was that was there. They went into television. They went into cracked, cracked went into the into the internet. Basically. Okay, right. So they really just changed a lot. I don't feel like there's that hasn't done anything since Mad TV. I don't think they, not to my knowledge. Okay. and I don't. Mad TV's not on anymore, is it? No, 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 no. Yeah, so. But it did make the careers of Key and Peele. Mad TV was good. Oh. I liked it. It wasn't like it did. It, I get it. Didn't like reinvent the wheel, but it was funny. We uh, were clearly seeing these images whenever we would go to the supermarket or to uh, like the bookstore, the magazines would be on display and our impressionable minds could not help but see these grotesque illustrations yeah. and it drew us in. And then all yes. we, and then inside 
was mostly political uh, farce. And, and and garbage, pail, garbage Pail Kids was in the same vein, I feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What this was was clearly just a, a way to make fun of New Jersey and make fun <laughs> yeah. of, of, of summer camps for kids with special needs, which is, you know, obviously there is like a fat camp. There is like an ADD camp. There is, uh, you know, camp for um, kids who uh, have special needs like blind or deaf or dumb, etc. Benadryl camp was pretty good. That was really good. The, the kid, Can the, you, you can't go outdoors, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're allergic to being outdoors. They just give you so much better to really just sleep outside. I have a question. Did you ever have a word that you had been pronouncing incorrectly for years and somebody corrected you and you felt like a real moron? Well, we've talked about this many a time, and I know that there have to be other examples, but the ones that immediately come to mind are Iron and Toyota. Toyota and Iron? Toyota and Iron, yeah. You said, you said Toyota? Well, I used to say Toyota, yeah. I just sort of let it roll off the tongue. So it's obviously it's Toyota and an iron, but I was saying like iron and Toyota. Yeah, iron. <laughs> iron. I, 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 I used to have some, but I think my, my brain blocked them out. But I just remember one of my favorites is that uh, Zach, who was a guest on our show. I, don't, I, feel, I feel like I might have said this before. I don't know. But he was doing a reading in class, and he read the word hoax. Hoax. <laughs> and it's pretty much the best mispronunciation that Ever. exists. <laughs> oh, what a hoax. What a hoax. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That should be the name oh. of my band, Hoax, and just spelled like hoax. Wait, so this is, uh, I guess, kind of tying into our original discussion from the previous half hour about uh, mishearing lyrics. Was there any words that you guys can remember not pronouncing correctly and for years you did? I mispronounced so much. Right. So I don't know if anything... Was there one in particular that came to mind that always stuck with you? Oh, I just got you to your core. I mean, the, and not pronounce it. The one word that I couldn't spell forever was diarrhea, but it was like spelling. That was That's like a tough one, yeah. though. Well, I can see that. What about ones where there's two different accepted pronunciations? Like, do you say Caribbean or, or Caribbean? Caribbean. <gasps> Celtics or Celtics? It's, yeah. Which it's, one? I got a, a huge fight with a friend. Well, the, Celtics the, the team is the Celtics. Is the Celtics team, but and Celtics, Celtics, is, Celtics. The, is the real word. It is <laughs> the, the, the team has it wrong, basically. That's just the whole deal. Is that, like, you know, there's a lot of teams that are doing a lot of, like, offensive things. And uh, that's one. And then there's, of course, the Indians and the Redskins and all of this like ridiculous stuff, you know. But oh, yeah. Celtics doesn't make any sense. I'm pretty sure there must have been like a word that was uh, invited into the lexicon of American language that is, in fact, French that I probably mispronounced many a time before I learned French, like you know, or divorce or whatever. I just remembered one that I <laughs> that I or divorce. I just remembered one that I've I've been doing for a while. Um, what? Have you ever seen the, um, there's a restaurant in the city. It's like, like a chain place. It's just kind of like breakfasty stuff. Well, I'll say what I called it first. And then I found out the pronunciation. I was like, wow, what a dumb American I am. I was like, yeah, that place over there, Predamanger. It's Predamanger. But I was like, yeah, Predamanger on the corner. And then the person's like, Predamanger right there. I was like, what? My I only knew that because yeah. that's a huge place in London. I lived in London for so long. Well, not for so long, for four months. But like, I lived there when I was like 20. That's a long 21. time. Four months. And like Predamanger was where we always would go to get like cucumber and cream cheese sandwiches. Yeah, I definitely did the day. I was like, oh, I'm hungry. And it was like morning. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll eat this like poached salmon and arugula. <laughs> like, what a weird place. <laughs> it was in like the same sort of thing you'd get like jello in. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, and pretty expensive. It was delicious. Depending. It was expensive, but, uh, 
you know, did the job. Oh man, I went, why can't I remember words I mispronounced? What about those words that were in the clip? Um, we're trying to remember some of them. There was Dillick. Um, Dillick, yeah. Ca- um, what, what was another what one? What was the first one? Idiosyncrasies. Idiosy- oh, idiosyncratic. Yeah. But, 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 but what was the pronunciation of it, though? Idiosyncratic. Yeah. And then what was the one at the end, too? Exhibitionism. Exhibitionism. Exhibit. There was another one with a P that was in there, too. I'm trying to. Pariah. Parable, I think, was the word. No, no. It wasn't parable. There was another one that was easy. But then there was the one. What was the one where you you went to say it? And he goes, I know that one. It was with an A or something. And then you just said it. And he was like, Yeah, I can read that because <laughs> you, you, he paused for a second. You can see he was struggling. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great because it's like we're reading along. We're not reading them before we go to the recorder to record the segment. So it's really funny because you're hearing all of this. I mean, as it would have been anyway, kind of fly by the seat of our pants, press record and figure it out later. So there is some really nice element of hearing something like that, what we heard, which was without any edits and obviously anything that we play of the clips is not necessarily going to be edited whatsoever. But, you know, when you have a clip like that, that's so (laughs) cringeworthy and roughness, like you could do it. You could do a 10 year old kid. You got this. You've got this. Did you ever read Mad Magazine as a kid? Yeah. So I wanted to bring that up. I never subscribed to it. I did read it, but I never subscribed to Cracked or Mad. I just it was humor that was a little bit either too raunchy or too over my head for me to get away with having in the house. And yet, this coming from the brain of a kid who was able to get away with all these Photoshop smut mags that uh, came up later on. You, know, you remember when my sister like called me out for this the first time she was on? You might have not been on the show at that time. The first time my sister came on, she called me out for this infamous ceiling that I had created when I was in high school, of which was all taken up more or less except for over my bed but everywhere else in my room was cut-ups of all of my adored favorite uh, celebrity models musicians singers actresses what have you all cut out from different magazines be they rolling stone spin details maxim fhm and i guess and it was on your ceiling all on my ceiling stuff right i mean i don't know all of those i subscribe to we're talking like high school here. That would be really weird if I was like 11. I'm like, I want to buy Maxim Magazine subscription. But, but would that be weird? I think so, because I think it, a lot of it is not really uh, tailored to an 11-year-old mind. And more importantly, um, I don't know how they get around now, especially since print is dead, <laughs> your father said. So, uh, oh, so or sad. you said famously to your dad, when, right? Did I? Yeah. Said print is dead? After the birthday party with Merlin? Oh, yeah. Well, print has been dead, you know, forever, man. But Maxim had quite an impression on this mind about the ideas of sex, etc. And I had all these different, like, advice columns that I would see every time the subscription would come through. I look back and I think about these advice columns now and I'm realizing, oh, my God, that's the culture we've created. Men have a lot of problems because they're being fed all these ideas about how to court women, and it's all so freaking like wrong. <laughs> well, it's idealized and strange. It's, what it is, it's, it's like it's, it's, it's very movie popcorn, and it's not what real life is. It's not idyllic. Well, I don't, and I, we, I was. Just it is idyllic. To someone, is the idea? It's too idyllic. Ah, uh, that's true. We still have the idea of like this romance, like this, like love is going to save us, which is 
crazy. And to, I mean, to have, still have yeah. like these romantic like moments and gestures where it's like you're like you're not somebody is not your life. It's great to share your life with somebody, but like in the end of the day, like someone's not going to come over and like sweep, rescue you, sweep you off your feet. Yeah. Because all the magazine subscriptions that I had were in, limited to high school. It was like all that what I mentioned, especially Rolling Stones, Spin, Music Mags were my jam, and then uh, Car and Driver and Road and Track until I started driving, and then I threw those out the window because I realized once. I started driving. I didn't give a fuck about cars at all. I bought magazines off the shelf. I never had a subscription to any magazine. Never. Off yeah. the shelf, straight up. Straight. I used to have a lot of magazines, and all the magazines I used to buy were video game magazines. That's all it was. And I would just be wanting to know what the next game coming out was before you could go on the internet and read the articles about it that way. And I had some of them. I threw them all away now. But when I was like going through them and looking at them, it was so funny. They were like, look at the newest graphics. And I was like looking at this in modern day. And I was like, wow, these graphics are really garbage. <laughs> like, I can't believe we were excited about this. I paid money for this magazine. Like, Some of them were pretty funny. And then I went to look online to see if any of those things were worth any money. And they were worth zilch. Nothing. I'd saved them for a lot of years. Yeah, what about any um, Playboy magazine you think is worth? I got, I, Playboys are worth money, I think. They are. My wedding gift to the couple that I live with right now, my friends, was a Playboy with uh, the cone heads on the front. <laughs> what? I yeah. think, yeah, I think I think older Playboys are worth That's money. That's wild. Yeah. Especially what, now Hugh Hefner's just passed. So yeah, yeah, exactly. The increase in value. What um, subscriptions did you uh, have, if any, growing up? I don't think I had any subscriptions. You know, the one thing I only remember is flipping through my mom's Victoria's Secret when I was like 10 mm. and asking my mom if I was gay. Wow. Because I loved looking at the women in their underwear. Really? Are you? Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit gay. Yeah. Nice. No, but like, but, but because you were reading the Victoria's Secret, that was the indication. Well, because yeah, I was like chubbier kid, so all these women looked like I was. I, it was me processing body image, yeah, like, trying to figure it out. But I was like, oh, well, for me, because I don't think I, I was like nine or ten, I didn't really know what was happening. Yeah, my mother had a subscription to a few different fashion mags, um, including W and um, this newspaper, which was uh, Women's Wear Daily. And uh, I never really got into it at all. I never had much of a mind to look at them. But it was her way of getting an idea for what fashion was like. So her subscriptions were very educational, and I appreciated that. My father, I would always see these in the bathroom <laughs> uh, because they were it was toilet reading. It was like popular science, popular mechanics, uh, oh, yeah. Scientific American, and National Geographic. So we had plenty oh. of subscriptions in the house, of which were much more suited to educational variety than the kind that I kept in my room. <laughs> yeah, sure enough. I mean, that makes sense. My mother didn't read magazines. She read books. And she would read a lot of novels. And then my dad would never read novels. He never read any books. But he would read magazines. And he would read The Economist, Fortune, and Trapping magazines. Yes. I used to read these trapping magazines, too, a lot. I would the same way in the bathroom. I'd just be, like, browsing through catalogs of traps, like, for no reason. <laughs> like, oh, these look like they're really good to catch <laughs> muskrats. You know, That's if I ever... <laughs> Ever have those toothy bastards? Your dad was probably at the, the bottom of my boat. Oh, one of the only <laughs> people in Brooklyn in the '90s who was rocking, or even later, who was having a trapping magazine in the house. I mean, you don't see that in Brooklyn. The, you definitely don't. And it's funny because I didn't realize how strange it was to be a trapper's son until I had brought a girlfriend 
when I was in high school to a trapping convention. And I was like, what? yeah, we had to go to a convention in upstate New York and Syracuse. And then I was like, there was a skinning demo. And I used to love to watch the skinning demos. So I was like, yeah. hey, oh, hey, oh, let's go no. watch the skinning demo. And then she was just like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I set up for what? And, no? it, and then we went, Perfect and then we, we were going over to, we were going over <laughs> to the tent and there was a heap of corpses outside with no fur on them with like flies, you know, buzzing around it. And she saw that. And then she was just like, I can't go inside that tent. I don't know what's going to be inside that tent. And I was just like, oh, don't worry. They already bled him. Like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> there's no blood. It's just, um, <sighs> it's just, you know, this big flat knife and you get to see them. And this is technique. And they pop that, that little hairless little gooby right out of there. What a heartwarming wow. week of Lost and Rewound. Wow. That was, you know, welcome to 2018, everybody. Right? Yay. This was, this was, <laughs> we, we. <laughs> We went I know there. where we went with that. Though this whole episode has been quite, uh, we, we've hit some nice topics today. We had uh, what we got. We t- we got to talk about racism. We got to talk about um, skinning animals, and we we talked about uh, um, beating up your kid if he yeah, uh, takes too many candies from you. Right? Yeah. We waste all your money. All hey. sorts of topics that we covered, all with three clips from the Danziger Zone archives. AKA the very reason why Lost and Rewound began in the first place. But how many it is, hours of footage do you have? Oh God, there's still so much it's, it's left. The, it's the Alana Festo. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much out there. But more importantly, there can only be so much of my own material out there. What's more important is what you, the listener, has. And if you want to contribute anything to Lost and Rewound, again, our email address to pitch your ideas for being on the show is lost and rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org and listen to all our past episodes if you want to get an idea for what other people have done and if you're just starting to listen to us in this new year thank you for taking that resolution yeah. uh, to heart lost and rewound.podomatic.com we're on itunes we're on soundcloud i'm alan jimmy allison bye <laughs> bye see you later had coffee i had not had breakfast so i was just like trying to hold it together but like i just couldn't believe that i was having to you know deal with such insolence yeah oh yes yeah. see there it is i was about to say you need to you need to like channel the dark side you need to use it to the best of your ability and use it insolence i can't yeah. believe they're insolence insolence <laughs> Ins- i'm telling you man i've been i've been realizing this recently myself is I'm trying to I need to try I need to channel the dark chi. Oh yeah. I need to use the darkness inside. It's the only way to go. It's because I've been trying to suppress the darkness because I no. can t- I know it's gonna spread. Let her fly. Well, you know, I'm afraid of the darkness. It's terrifying to me. No. It is. So, so. welcoming. All right. <laughs> so so warm and welcoming the darkness.